sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! And we're talking all athletes. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's going to be a scorcher, I think, today. We're going to have a wonderful show here today. We've got our regulars, and then we also have a guest today, Mike Mota. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Put your hands together. Thank you. How's it going, guys? Thank you for having me today. Nice. I muted everybody out, so you only heard one clap. Otherwise, it would have been a roar, okay? <laughs> so, I like more applause. Yeah, I'm so thankful that you were here. Next week, uh, Jordan Chuig is going to be joining us, Division One baseball coach up at St. Mary's, and I want to hook you guys up again because you were so... That uh, you were my life-saving grace, uh, getting uh, a chance to be meeting you and all the kids that you for us. And you're such a and you got a great story. We're going to get to it in a minute. But last week we didn't have time. We kind of went over. So I always like to give out thanks into the community. So I'll start off with Christine. Christine, do you have something you want to give a shout to, a little love? Okay, but it can't be your male person because you used that person two weeks in a row. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Who can I give love to? You know, I've been doing, um, I have a little um, admin job with homeless services, and I really want to give love to the caseworkers that are out there working with our homeless population, really making sure that they're getting their needs met. They're a wonderful, wonderful group of people, and I'm really um, blessed to work with them. So, yeah. Nice. Boy, well, if you can help, if you guys need advertising, you know, we've got room. So, pass that down. What do you want to say? Uh, to Ramon, our uh, UPS delivery man. He's so cheerful and he's been serving everyone in our neighborhood and he's so strong and he's been dropping everyone's packages off and we really, really appreciate all the people who are assisting with the virus lockdown and delivering us our, our packages. <laughs> this, guy, this guy is like a linebacker. He is a big dude, but when you look into his eyes, he's just like, He's a little teddy bear. I just want to walk around with somebody that size at Costco, you know, <laughs> and like be really sitting. I'm like, if anybody even looks at me the wrong way with that mask on, I'm like, he's not looking at me nicely. All he's got to do is growl at me. <laughs> he's so sweet, though. I love him. Thank you for that. I forgot about him this week. So who else we got? Ed, you got a shout. Yeah, I'd just like to give a shout out to all the folks at Harry's. Uh, they opened last week and we have the alumni club meetings in the gold room there and, and we're losing members. We're just down to a handful of guys because they're all older, but they have continued a standing reservation for us on Wednesdays to have the gold room. So uh, I just, I appreciate that. Beautiful. And Elks is just one of those unsung organizations that people really don't it's not, not like an afterthought, but guys, anybody over 50, I'm telling you, it's a score. I've been a member now for 11, 12 years, and it's just fantastic. It's just a nice place to go. It's warm. It's welcome. It's cheery. So, yeah, I really recommend checking it out. Ed, you just became a member? Yes, I did. How, I just how paid. Do you feel any different, Ed? Do you feel elked? What, anything oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different environment, going from what I was doing before to, to being a member. Yeah, now you're really, you know, you're oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just volunteering before and uh, playing in the band there. And 
So yeah, it's it's a whole different side of the. I family. think everybody thought you were a member with everything that you were doing there. You were doing. Uh, yeah, I know. A member. I think I think some people were shocked to find out I wasn't even a member of the Elks. They had me on on the uh, committee for the Groove and the Grove, the fundraiser for our local veterans, and uh, and then being in the band, I was always there. But yeah, I wasn't an Elk for like six years. I did that. Yeah. Twenty twenty, perfect vision. You That's saw right. the light. Way to be Ed. That's my yeah. boy. Yeah, Richard, thank you, Richard. Say that again. Yeah. Hey. Oh, okay, right. we're gonna plug you in. What's your um, th- uh, gratitude? Who you want to be grateful to? Well, I'm grateful to the uh, the Santa Barbara um, Ecstatic Dance Co-op, who uh, you know, despite the current circumstances, host a uh, a distancing dance in the meadow in in my backyard across from from White Rock um, every Friday, and it's amazing. You know, twenty thirty people come in the meadow, and everyone's at least six feet apart and dancing, and it's just such a great way to to let off the stress of the week. What kind of music do they play? Uh, all, all types. I mean, it's, it's, you know, someone that has DJ training, you know, puts together a, a playlist and the music just builds an energy um, throughout the evening. Wow. Gotta check that out, baby. That sounds good. What time does that start? Um, so it's, it's uh, Fridays and it starts at um, four or no, I'm sorry, it's six, 630. Um, and it goes from 630 to about eight. And what is it called again? It's called, um, uh, well, I guess it's called like a disc dance. I mean, it's kind of a pun, you know, disc dash dance. Um, but it's, it's produced by the, by the Santa Barbara Ecstatic Dance Co-op. And you can find them on Facebook and there'll be an event for it. Sweet. All right. Richard Dugan, who do you want to give love to? Well, uh, I will uh, send out uh, good wishes to uh, to Richard my wife. Richard Dugan. He's the producer of this show. Don't nobody panic. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I got so many buttons to push and dials to spin. Okay. Uh, send out a shout out to uh, to my wife who went back to work this week. Uh, actually, last week on Monday. Uh, Monday was a rough day because it was like uh, entering a whole new job. But she finally got everything squared away. And when she walked in Tuesday, it was like, oh, this is how we do this. Um, after being off three months, it's like, you know, you go to, go to school and you get off in May or early June, you get three months vacation and then you go back in September and you got to try to figure out, okay, well, where are the rooms? And (laughs) it's crazy stuff, but I'd send a shout out to my wife, Amrita. Uh, also send a shout out to everybody on the radio station, uh, who is uh, remote broadcasting. I appreciate it. Uh, I keep getting asked over and over and over again by programmers, when do we get to come back into the studio? I actually thought this was easier than people coming into the studio. But uh, I know people want to come in, and I get that, and I would love to have people back. Uh, You need to contact the general manager. Uh, I'm just the operations manager, and he will let you know soon, I hope, we all get to recongregate here in the studio and... uh, uh, and that way we won't have any dropouts, any internet glitches and jitters and all of that stuff. But at the same time, we're going to lose the video when we come into the studio. So think about that uh, the next time yeah. you want to come in here. But yeah. I miss everybody uh, in having their presence here. So my shout out goes to all of our programmers who are are participating in this um, 
I've always wanted to do remote broadcasts, okay? Always wanted to do that here. Do remotes at different locations around the city. Guess what? It took 11, 12 years. We're finally doing it. (laughs) What what say you? Um, Well, I have to give a huge shout out to Judith Lugo, who is PAL's program director. Um, Through all of the COVID, um, she has really been the rocket PAL for our kids. So... Yeah, virtual programming for a while is just her and I, then we were able to bring back some staff, but she is insured and I'll share later what she's done for our seniors. Um, but she, her heart and soul is with these te- the teens in our community and she probably doesn't get enough praise. So a huge shout out to Judith Lugo and all the work she continues to do for our team. Well, we this show absolutely adores you, your role, what, what Pal is doing in this community. Um, it's, it, you're providing a safe haven for kids to grow and learn and, um, be one with, uh, you know, I think what's in, in light of times, so I'm not going to go there, but if PAL program was the biggest program in every single city, we would not be going through what we're going right now. So let's think about that people, you know, PAL is where it's at and I can't, Thank you enough for everything you're doing for those kids. They can be dropped off. It's free. I'm not kidding. When, my, when I raised my kids, this is a no-brainer putting them. I just didn't know. Okay? I just didn't know. But, you know, people like you in this community, shout out to you, Michelle Myring. So I just wanted to do And we have another somebody else like you, a community leader. Okay, Mike Mota. Mike, get on there. You want to, first of all, I want to give you also a shout for everything you're doing for our local youth. Um, Hi, guys. Yeah, but I want to thank you. And if you have a quick shout before we go to the break, that'd be great. And then I'm going to come right up to you after break. Yeah, I have a quick shout out to my stepson. I told him I'm doing this and I told him I was nervous as heck. So I promised him I was going to say his name. I have a good shout out for Sammy Gomez. Sammy Gomez, you're a lucky boy, I'll tell you that. Yeah, 14 new baseball, so I promise him I'll do it. All right, what position? Pitcher, shortstop, catcher, whatever I want him. There you go. That's that's the best way to be. All right, so we get to him and a lot more after these messages. This is Erica Salda, the queen of team. We'll be back more after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Okay, we are here with Mike Mota. And I hey want guys. to. Say, hey, Mike. Mike, you Hi. look like you're in the back of a van somewhere, like you've been kidnapped or something. 
I'm right here in my car, a car charger. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was home running low on battery, so I jumped in real quick. There you go. There you go. My Thanks kids are running around in the back, so. Oh. Nice. Well, Dominique, they're, they're that's good. that. I'm coming up to gallery, so now I get to see all of you since I have a piece of paper and pencil, so I have to orchestrate this show. Okay. <laughs> well, I want you to start off from the beginning, okay? It's a very good place to start. All right, so your inspiration, your calling, let's see, what's your baseball background? Um, again, I just was making phone calls because I was looking all over the place to find uh, groups of kids that we could sponsor to go down to the Attitude for Gratitude camp. And it was just bizarre. I just, I mean, Santa Barbara, I, I couldn't find any kids this bizarre. I mean, I was calling out on all the leagues and trying to find out who the scholarship kids were, their privacy and all this. And then somehow, actually, through Dominique's friend, Eddie, uh, right. down Fillmore, it kind of like, uh, passed on. And then I finally, you were Grace, you just, oh, my God, talk not even about manifesting. You, I literally prayed, okay? And then you totally came to my, my doorstep. And I want to thank you so much. So how many years have you been um, involved in kids and coaching and what's your personal experience with the game with me i started this i started coaching when i was 21 nice i started coaching little league when i tried out i played baseball all the way since i was 10 all the way to 23 i went to college played at college i went to the minors then i got i got diagnosed with the tumor oh. so from the, from there i had the benefit getting my BA through college. They let me finish with the scholarship. Then I played through the minors. They helped me. Then I came back to town, started at 22, started with Little League coaching. Oh, I ain't going to say I was the best coach when I was starting at 22. Right. Yeah. I was barely getting the, figured out how to deal with the kids. I had no kids at that time. Then I started getting the feel for it, how to treat kids, how to motivate them. Right. And even though I'm still competitive to this day while coaching, yeah. my biggest thing is making them have fun and learn the game. Yeah. So two years after I jumped from two trout, two nonprofits. I went from the Halos coaching to another nonprofit in Santa Paul and decided to start my own nonprofit. Nice. Now till this day, I got a hundred, 130 kids still coming back two, three years from my program. And like Erica said, we met through friends, uh, Eddie, and she gave me, I give her a call. We talked and I told her I have a lot of kids that want to go to college, interested in playing baseball. And I want to stay out of trouble. My goal is stay out of trouble, get past grades, past high school, get into college. And the future is for them. Yeah. Giving them an opportunity. So fabulous. That's why I knew that we were like kindred spirit, we're like cousins or brother, sister from a different brother, mother, whatever. <laughs> I don't know how the <laughs> sister from another mother. So like I, myself, personally, like I told you, I played three sports in college. It was a lifesaver for me. And then when I graduated, I mean, once that's in your blood, you can't stop. So I coached, I did the same thing, but with basketball, boys basketball for 27 years before I even had kids. I coached for a decade. And back in those days, there was no nonprofit. There was no nothing. I was, I could sustain myself financially. So, you know, I just found kids, played them. And it wasn't until my youngest son, John, John, 
and I put him on a, a kindergarten team when he was at four years old. And we went on a run because it was all the skills from his older brother. It was just divine. I can't even tell you. And I put two skirts on the team. And we went from kindergarten. We didn't lose our first game. So I can't even comprehend this. But we did not lose our first game. And I have witnesses, okay? Until yeah. the championship game in six days. Yeah, so, I agree. Yes. We went undefeated. For He went undefeated from kindergarten through sixth grade. Never lost a basketball game. He doesn't even know what it's like to lose. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you look at all they did, they just played basketball. But see, he's 25 now. So that really wasn't being done like it is today. That's what it is. I mean, you have a baby today, you roll the ball. I mean, it's very much like Russia did back in the 70s. That's why they were so dominant, you know. And I love people like you that keep your heart and soul because I know you still have to have a job. I mean, you want to get it to you could do this full time. Right. So it's just basically you just gotta hunt out some money for you. So what tell me about your nonprofit. Nonprofit, it's called Duke's Baseball. I started with a just twelve group of boys that got cut from different teams. Yes. I got them I got them on my team, worked every week with them. Now I've taken like I told them, I'm gonna make you have memories like I did while I was young. Yes. We practiced, I've took them to San Diego, I took them to Arizona, Las Vegas, mm-hmm. national mm-hmm. tournaments. And they gain memories. They got a baseball family. They got baseball friends, baseball buddies. Right. Won tournaments. They won championships. But my main goal, they're keeping the grades up. They got 2.0s to 3.0s each each kid on my team. Yeah. So tell us the kind of kids you're working with. Because people just don't get it. I mean, they don't drive up to you in their Range Rover, the parents. No, they're underprivileged kids. Right. They come. I have half the kids that walk to practice. Right, yeah. bike. If I can pick them up, I'll pick them up. Right. I move my car seat in the middle with my four-year-old, and I pack the kids down. Right. So if I have the chance to get off work early, I will take kids to practice. I will take them to tournaments. doesn't matter how much. I will feed them. They're my kids on the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. They're my kids. They're my little brothers. I have kids. Yeah. I have coached yeah. now to this day, seven years. I have kids that are into college. Some that are playing, some that got scholarships, my help with parents' help with our help. Nice. So I'm the, I'm the recruiter. I told them to, my promise, if they want to get to college, I'm going to help them as much as I can. Right. Yeah. And I have. We also have um, next week when you come, for the next two weeks, we're going to have college coaches uh, come out. So maybe we can work out if I deal with them, you know, to help you with your kids, you know, to work out something there, anything that we could do to help. Um, Michelle Myring was a little bit of an athlete growing up, and her daughters also played ball, uh, volleyball. Do you have any questions, Michelle? Um, no, I just want to applaud you. It's tough. I coached soccer for years, and I agree. It, um, our role, working with kids at any time, is helping them develop, whether obviously, but I think it's more important that they learn how to cooperate and be teammates and um, develop into citizens because not everybody's going to, you know, go on to play at college, but everybody's going to become an adult. So I applaud you for working. Um, A lot of people term them at risk. We call them at promise kids because they have so much promise and potential. So thank you for what you're doing. No, I agree. I appreciate it. I don't do it for fame or anything. I do it because I want to. Oh, absolutely. I like, I like seeing their smile. I like them seeing, oh, 
I could hit it over the fence. I could pitch this fast. And I told him, it's not baseball. It's, it's baseball's career lesson. It's how my thing is how to teach them how to be a man, how to take the defeat, how to work hard for it. Now, you also have a girls softball team you're being quiet about. Correct. I was going to mention that right now. I, That's right. I, I gained that a year ago. Now I have nonprofit girls and nonprofit boys. Two different names. Now I have a partner in my family. He runs. Now we both run it together. Dark Star Baseball Girls or Softball Girls and Dukes Baseball. Nice. And those girls are at 15U playing at 18U softball age. Nice. And and the same way, we're all kids from the same town. They all work together. We do community work. You do fundraising. Nothing yeah. comes hand to them. Yeah. And they understand that, so they have to work hard to get everything they get. Nice. And like I told them, I brought a rep from Rollins here. Now, they're, they're, in their, they're sponsored by Rollins. Now they can say, nice. we were sponsored by Rollins at this age. Yes. Yeah, that's so. fantastic. All right, we're gonna get. We want to get back to you some more, but let's take a little break. This Eric Solomon will be back with more after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Okay, Mike, so now's a good time for you to reach out to all the people that have been showing your nonprofits. You have two nonprofits. Tell us again what those nonprofits are and um, who do you want to give uh, love to? Because it's important in any community that ones that support the kids. You know, it's always the local mama papas, not the Costco's, not the, you know, big corporate boxes, but Rawlings. Okay, boom. We love Rawlings. If it, if it doesn't have Rawlings on it, I ain't going to buy it. What else we got? I got Drafts Restaurant, Mupu Grill. They, they have me have like fundraiser dinners there. Then we go to Garmin's Mupu, uh, Garmin's Grill. Same. They have me have poker tournament, poker fundraisers for the boys and the girls. They host dinners for them. Any dinners they come, people buy, we get 10%. So from them, I can't, we want to have, they want to have as much stuff as they have now. Yeah, they have uniforms, they have baths, they have helmets. I can't, I can't say thank you enough for them. That's beautiful. That's wonderful. Thank you. Ed, Ed Langelo, do you play poker? Do I play poker? No. Yeah. No, I don't. No, I don't know why I thought you were the poker player. Uh, oh, I have one more. Sorry. One no. more fundraiser. 
cornhole sandbags cornhole tournaments in Santa Paula. I have so many cornhole tournaments. They help me a lot. Nice. Okay, so you want to give a shout out? I mean, you know, not that I favor, you know, females over males, but we'll just do females just for right now because a short we have a short show. You want you want to give us some some love to some of your players? Right now, uh, I can't. I give love to all of them. Oh, yeah, I give love. Hundred something. That's a whole show, right? Yeah, I get a little tall. It's what about parents? There's certain. There's always got to be some parents that just are, are all in. What about giving some the mamas? I give love to all the team moms I got. Yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> they keep me on track, on track, and especially the mom I have my kid with. I couldn't do it without her. Oh, and you have a you have a child as well, right? Yeah, my stepson's fourteen, and I have a one year old baby girl and a four year old baby boy. Woo. So, go to tournaments they're all going with us nice well families that ride together i mean that's that's the way to go i tell you yeah fantastic um does anybody have any questions shoot i'm open book yeah richard you got a question which one uh no i'm sorry ellsworth of course you uh no. <laughs> All right, then I'll jump in. The other Richard will jump in and ask, uh, why coaching? Why did you choose to be a coach? I had one fantastic coach when I was 12. He helped me get to college, taught me the right way. He kept me on track with my GPA. I wasn't the greatest teenager. But without him, I wouldn't figured out my talent and would have got to college without him. And when did you go to college? Where? Yes. Northridge. Nice. I graduated. There. I got my BA. And I can't. I can't thank it enough for him. To this day, I still you coach against him. So that was like the perfect fit. <laughs> <laughs> to so this the, day, I still coach against him, and we still have a little coaching bribery. So the sports that you do coach now are those are the ones that you wanted to coach, or are you still waiting for the opportunity to get into? Uh, the sport because see, I would think that marble racing, which is a really big thing now online, uh, would be a great, great sport to coach. Marble, yeah, I have I coach what I love right now, and I can't change it at all. <laughs> How far, okay. um, you have an extra job. How far away are you at to, to get in this nonprofit where it could be your job? I still, uh, I still have a couple of years, but. My goal is by next five years, hope to open a little sports faculty here in town, batting cage, nice. complex. Do you have, so the, have, you have the location picked out? Pretty soon I do. It's here in town. Nice. Yeah. So it's a little warehouse. Nice. Brilliant. Yeah. Especially down there. That would be awesome. Christine, yeah. you can something? Yeah, yeah, I have, a, I have a question, Mike. So did you grow up in Santa Paula? Is that where you grew up? And, and then, um, uh, and so you're working in the same community that you grew up? Yes, ma'am. Grew up here a little, played Little League High School, graduated, went to Ventura. From there, I took off to Northridge and I had my good journey. Nice. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we'd like to have you come back next week because it's always important to get, you know, relationships. Now, I don't know. Do you remember Jordan Chewy? Because you actually, you might probably have not met him because it was your other coaches because you were in a tournament, if I remember correctly, in Las Vegas, even though you saved my rear end. You yeah. 
I send half of my kids to CSUN while I took the other half to a tournament in Las Vegas. Right. So you, uh, you don't, you didn't personally meet Jordan. No, I did not. All right. Well, we're going to make that happen next week. We're going to see what other stuff manifests itself with uh, the relationships we have on Team Sports Radio for you. And again, I kid you not, I will give you uh, Dr. Dugan's um, information because I really want them to uh, set up relations so we can support you uh, and the community that you're with by some free advertising. That's that's right. a Reverend Dr. D to you. you got it you got it let's take a little break because we have up next ed langlow and if only i'd know Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. All right, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. This week's If Only I'd Known with Ed Langlow. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Uh, If Only I'd Known is a mentor's moment with the teens with us remotely, as well as those listening into the show on the radio. Today's segment is Setting Goals and Staying Happy. And when you set a goal, do you do it to become happy or for the accomplishment of it? Because goals and happiness can be like oil and water. We set goals of some sort every day. Some of them, albeit small, like uh, I'll set a goal to get up five minutes earlier tomorrow morning, or I'll set aside time to read that book I bought. They are goals nonetheless. As our goals get bigger, we tend to get more serious with statements like, I can accomplish anything I set out and set my mind to do, or uh, perseverance is the key to success and I'll never give up. And that's the best attitude to have if you want to succeed and with it, you will succeed in most all the things that you set out to accomplish. But let's say your goal is to win a cross country run at school this year. You train every day, stick to your diet, do everything your coach tells you the day of the competition. There are two runners out there better than you, and you come in third, and you're not happy. If you walk over to your coach with a grimace on your face and say, I'm sorry, I came in third, coach. I really trained hard, and I did the best I could. Maybe that should have been your goal in the first place, to do the best you could. If the best you could is first place, then you won. If it was third, it doesn't matter. You did the best you could which should have been your goal all along. If only I had known when I was young to make more of my goals to do the best I could. Here's another pitfall to watch out for. Sometimes we reach our goal, like let's say you get your pilot's license. That's a huge achievement. 
But your emotion is, is that all there is? Or what's next? Because I'm still not good enough. You might want to slow down and just let yourself be mindful of where you're at and what you've just accomplished and allow yourself to be happy about all of it. And I have a suggestion for some of the older folks listening to this. Let me ask you something. Can you remember anything you failed at? Well, if you're like me, you can think of several things, whether it was a marriage or raising children or a small business endeavor. If you look back and say, yeah, I failed at that too, then let me ask you another question. Did you do the best you could with what you had at the time? If your answer is yes, then maybe you should stop calling it a failure. Promise you this, if you set out to accomplish something and you give it your all, work hard and persevere, and you expect the best, but you accept a lesser result, knowing you did the best you could, you'll live a much happier life for it. I'm Ed Langlo. I'll see you next time on If Only I'd Known. Nice. Thank well, you. I was watching Michelle the whole time, and uh, Michelle it's striving to be a better person than you were the day before or to, to put your best foot forward. Some days your 100% is another day 75%. We're human. And, and so it is a great message for our kids. So many think that, you know, have a fear of failure or disappointment, and it holds them back. And failure is a natural part of growth. You don't succeed without having that. You know, I, I, very super, super, super well said. That's um, why I, I think I like baseball so much. When my kids um, started getting armpit hair and they were only like five, seven in eighth grade, I'm like, oh, dear God, we're going to have to switch sports. So there went basketball. So the next <laughs> sport, since I played softball in college, uh, was baseball, and we had to play hurry up, hurry up, because now they're in eighth grade. Not they didn't play baseball, but they weren't on the clubs and all that other kind of stuff. They weren't positioned like they were in basketball. Um, but it's like I told him, I said, it's a different kind of sort of mindset. Same as basketball, you have to look at the misses. I mean, you can't make one unless you take the shot. Okay, Absolutely. so I always encourage shoot, shoot, shoot. I mean, you, they're gonna, it's gonna happen. Okay, just you just the confidence. But I would say I want to go over to Mike. Same thing in baseball. I mean, if your kids came home and they kept on getting a 33 on every single test they ever take, um, uh, well, you'd be upset. But at the end of the day, in baseball, if they hit one out of three, they're going to the hall. <laughs> See, so it's just it's it's a game of failure. I mean, and, and that's why I like it when my kids now are working. I always use baseball as analogies on everything. I mean, you just got to keep slugging, keep slugging. I mean, you just can't quit. I mean, I always look at it. It's one closer to a yet. I mean, you keep swinging. It's one swing closer to a hit. So what say you, Mike? Yeah, no, I agree. Because those difficult times are coming to baseball. So I'll give you a good example. One tournament, it came down to a last inning game. There it was tie, tie, bases loaded. And one of the pitchers tossed in. Big, hefty kid. Strong, dark, but he's a selfless teddy bear. Bases loaded. If the other team was home, I put him in there. Yes, he failed. He let the winning run come in, and he was sad. He was crying. He said, I'm sorry. Nothing to be sorry. As long as you tried your hardest, that's all that matters. Next following weekend, I do the same thing again. 
but he failed again. Then the following next day, I did it again. Then he succeeded. Nice. So he's like, you're just pushing. You do this on purpose. I'm pushing you. He's like, I don't care if we lose. Right. So main thing is you get your confidence. You push. You have to get your team across and get yourself across threshold they have to have the opportunities almost to fail because actually it's just that they added another layer of character right exactly what you say you know for girls and boys so tell tell me the biggest difference that you have between a girl coaching because you have never coached girls before and i'm telling you i never coached girls either until my son in eighth grade Oh, I know. I, I get, my, and my son in eighth grade said, oh, God, I signed you up to coach girls basketball. I'm like, what? Okay, so I put it all on the line for a suicide. And when they did it, I'm like, that was, just, that was just disgusting. That was just disgusting. Half of them started crying. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I didn't point at any individual one. But at the end of the day, I had to have, you know, talks and talks because they are different animals completely. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to, I really didn't switch too much. I basically had this Catholic school. So you have a little bit more of a command presence. It's kind of like, look, you have to understand. I only want, I love you all. I only want to have you do your best. And boy, so we'll get to you. We'll get to you boys and girls and we'll go to the show. Yeah. Just say, for example, for my boys and girls. The girls, oh my God, they're so competitive. They're more hungry. Oh, they're freaking, sometimes they scare me. They want to go in there, they're freaking, they're diving at the ball, trying to dive head first. Get it's like you're doing a good job, Mike. It's, it, it sounds to me like you're not just a, a sports coach, but you're a mentor to these kids. And, and that's really important. Oh, yeah. doing that. Michelle. No, I agree. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I coached boys, both, um, a lot of co-ed teams, too. and we found with girls, if you really want them on the pitch for practice, this is soccer, at five, you had to tell them practice started at like 445, because they need 15 minutes to chat. I mean, they just need, because we had kids from three or four different high schools, so they just need to get that chatter out. Um, for about 15 minutes and then boom, they're ready to go. Whereas the boys, they're ready to go from the minute they get there. They don't need that, that chat time. They just need, they just need to go. Just get me on the pitch. Perfectly said. That yeah. is so perfect. Yeah. But in response to the failure, one thing I think is important when I was coaching is that practice is for teaching in the game is their exam. And I think we have to be careful about if a child, you know, especially I coach soccer and I played basketball. So if somebody makes an error, does a bad pass, you know, misses the ball, do not try to sub them right away. You have to allow them time to respond to their failure, to, to missing the shot or to getting the ball stolen or, um, it's important to keep them on the field. I, I've seen too many players get so disheartened when they make a mistake and boom, the coach pulls them. Um, and sometimes it's, it's to talk to them. Sometimes it's, it's already in the plan, but that your response to your perceived failure is what builds you. And if they don't have that opportunity, even if it's for another minute or two, even if your plan was to sub them out, 
give them that time to process on the field or on the court. Otherwise, they think they're being pulled because of that failure. Very well said. I love it. It's wonderful. Now, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back with Richard Ellsworth. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. I love it. Again, Mike Ma- Mota. Sorry, Mike Mota. So I was calling you Mike Mata for, I don't even, I, you know, don't I'm, worry. Everyone does. No, I want to say it the right way. I mean, you can't be a, like a leader. Everyone's going to say, who's Mike Mata? Is he Mike yes. I got I got Mike Moda. I got Mike Moto or Motorola. Hey, M M&M, baby. <laughs> so um, listen. So thank you so much again. I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you again next week with uh, Coach Jordan. But I want to get to Richard Ellsworth. But before all of that, Pal's got an announcement that they're going to make. And Michelle, what is that? Um, it's huge. So we had 13 seniors graduate this year, and we know. It was all, you know, a mess with the schools and they did come together. But we had Lieutenant Baker come to come to me about a month ago and ask if he can do an adopt a senior campaign through the police department. So money was raised through the police department. Gift baskets were um, created and Lieutenant Baker, Officer Lazarus and Officer Gutierrez, along with our staff, delivered these baskets to each senior. Um, oh, it's a beautiful story. God, that wasn't, that wasn't even, that didn't it make was, it. it was um, so I just want to give a shout out to Lieutenant Baker, Officer right. Lesnar, and Gutierrez. So all are graduating, two going to the military, one to Westmont, one to UCSB, and the rest to SBCC. Great. Oh, nice job. Excellent. Well, maybe we can get them on the uh, show next week. Okay, we got four minutes. And I want to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> this, I discovered this. Of course, I've heard about it, but infused water. Let's talk about it. Okay. So, so you know, to tying into our, our previous conversations, we'll be talking about pitchers, but a different type of pitcher. Um, so the pitchers, you know, that hold, you know, infused water, um, a, it's, it's best if you're making infused water to use pitchers made of glass. Yes. Um, uh, but, you know, the benefits of infused water, personally, I cannot stand drinking water. Drinking water, we all know how incredibly healthy it is for you. Um, but personally, it's just, it's just too bland. I need flavor. Um, so infusing water is, is a great way to, to make that happen. And there are a lot of things like cucumbers and watermelon that have high water content that you can infuse water with 
and they actually have a bunch of electrolytes that make that water that you're drinking more absorbable um, into the body's cells and uh, mesenchymal matrix, which is the, the area between the cells. Um, so I like to do sweet and savory personally when I make my infused waters. Um, so I like to do watermelon basil. That's, that's one of my favorites. Um, also, pineapple and basil is, is another really good one. Um, pineapple and mint is also really good. Um, I like to use a lot of pineapple because pineapple has those digestive enzymes. So when you drink it, it actually sets your body up to be able to um, digest your food better. Um, the bromelain enzymes, which you can often um, you know, get in capsules and stuff, is already right in there in the water. So it's, it's fantastic. Um, you can do the same thing with papaya. Um, I also really like tropical flavors. So using mango and papaya, or using pineapple and papaya, and you also get um, papain enzymes from them, which also helps you digest your food. Um, if you use basil, you want to just muddle the leaves a little bit beforehand. Um, and uh, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, you want to, as a general rule, you want the water to steep um, with the ingredients in it, with whatever you're infusing it with for about four hours. Um, but it's better to do it overnight if you can. So when you put it in overnight, do you put it in the refrigerator or no? I personally put it in the refrigerator, yes, but you don't have to. And I tell you, it really does make a big difference. Do you recommend drinking a glass before you go to bed or just throughout the whole day? I would say throughout the whole day. Um, if you're using some detox stuff, like if you have some mango in it, it might be a good idea to do it before bed to, to help your detox processes at night. But if you do it throughout the whole day, you keep your body um, much better hydrated than if you were to just drink straight up water. Yeah, I've, I've honest to God, I've noticed a huge difference. So Santa Barbara, go get your fruits and vegetables from your garden. We, we, we know the components. Maybe Richard will write up a, a little piece uh, on a blog and we'll share that. God bless you all, Santa Barbara. Be kind. See you next week. You're the best. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow.